0: Tigers sweep, I guess you call it a sweep. Two-game series sweep against the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh. Uh, Really offensive struggles again. Great pitching again. What we've seen all year, but we came out with a win heading into the off day, coming back home to face Toronto. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast a dub a dub is a dub three to one victory in pnc park over the pittsburgh pirates today for your detroit tigers a lot of standout performances well like two standout performances uh yeah well we'll talk about it really good pitching on display i mean obviously right one run given up in the game uh really solid the offense the first, like, two innings looked really good, and then the last two innings looked pretty solid. Everything in between there, what is that? The, the third through the seventh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, those five innings in the middle were putrid. We, we, we just can't have consistent good offense. We can't. And, and the final totals won't be bad because we did look so good in the first two and last two innings, right? I mean, we ended this game with nine hits as a team, two walks. Okay, 11 base runners, not a bad day at the office. Three runs might be a little low. Well, we continue to struggle with runners in scoring position, but I, th- that amount of base runners isn't, isn't uh, a bad number. Extra base hits, had two doubles and a triple. Three extra base hits out of, what did I say, 11 base runners, Maybe you'd like it a little higher, but that's not a bad clip. That's not a bad mark, right? If you're doing like percentage wise or whatever, it's not bad. Um, but we, I'm pretty sure we got like no hit in, in the, those middle five innings. Just the, the, the approach is just significantly different. I and mean, it's been a problem all year. The The approach for this team in, in the last inning or the last two innings of a ball game is noticeably different than the approach at the first, whatever, seven innings, eight innings uh, of most games. And this one, like I said, we did have a pretty good start to this ball game offensively too, but just ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Just have a consistent approach, dog. Holy cow. Just have a consistent approach. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. It's so frustrating, but here we are. We'll take a win. We'll always take a win. Uh, standouts offensively in this one. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, he only did have the one hit, but it was a big one, uh, big RBI earlier, early in the game to tie the game up, I believe, or did we get out of the – did we score first? I genuinely don't remember. Okay, we scored first. So, for us to go up one uh, nothing early in the game, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Um, he's just – He's the man, or did he get the one in the eighth? I, I am, I, my brain is scrambled eggs. I, the game just ended like five minutes ago, and I'm recording this, and I've already forgot. Um, but regardless, it was a great at bat. Uh, the he's just it's so impressive when he is in the batter's box because even at this age, you can tell that he is setting up pitchers. Pitchers don't set up Miguel Cabrera; he sets you up. He'll do something. He'll swing in a pitch and, and, and make a pitcher then think that they can go somewhere else with the next pitch in their sequence or, or, or go somewhere with, um, with their pitch mix or, or whatever. And he just – he he is playing you. He's playing you like a fiddle. And it works a lot of the time. And that's why he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. It's unbelievable watching him at the play, man. It really is. And – the, the only thing that that's really wavered now is you know some he doesn't have the bat speed he had when he was in his prime prime he doesn't have the raw power that he had when he was in his you know absolute peak either um so there are times where he'll get blown by but he'll have the right idea he' he'll, he'll have wanted to swing he'll have known that it was coming but he just won't be able to catch up with it and there are times when you know it's just weak contact because that's just where he's at at this point in his career but He's he's still the man. He's still the man. It's really really he's just awesome. He definitely had the one in the 8th now that I'm thinking about it. He 100% cuz I was going to say I felt I feel like he broke a tie. Like I feel like he was tied. Yeah, he he 100% had the one in the 8th. Um really really just solid at bat. I know that's kind of all he did at the plate, but it's unbelievably impressive still watching him at the dish. Um Austin Meadows, two-base knocks. He looked really really uh like he was just behind on everything yesterday and in this game looked miles better we talked about it on yesterday's show in Toledo it took him a game to catch up to AAA hitting it looks like maybe it only took him a game in at the majors to re kind of get his timing down for major league hitting so really good to send him into the off day uh with with that with, with a nice day at the office cranked one I thought it was gone thought it was gone I think the Wooded Dong Twitter account said it was a homer in 9 of 30. So it probably isn't a homer in Comerica, but but maybe a uh, maybe a triple in Copa. Still a really good day at the office. Had a walk as well. Just a, a, a masterclass game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was our leadoff hitter by, I mean, honestly, by the end of the Toronto series. Like, it, it really wouldn't surprise me at all. We don't have, like, a bona fide leadoff hitter, especially with Robbie Grossman hurt and struggling. Um, it, it would not surprise me if if Austin Meadows was in the leadoff spot very very soon. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But uh, really good day at the office. for Ram Javi Baez, 0 for four three Ks. A lot of men left on base. Um, it, it it's just I know it's frustrating for everybody. I I know it is, and I'm sure it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for for everyone. It's it, it it's it's remarkable. It truly is that, that is like the word. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how it's just you throw a slider low and away, and it's a guaranteed swing and a miss like guaranteed. And, and I still have faith that the dude is, is going to, is going to figure it out and see the ball a lot better. He was open about it. He said, I think on the last off day, maybe last weekend, he said, like, yeah, I'm not seeing the ball at all. Like, it's the fact that he's open about it at least is endearing, I guess. But it's – I still have faith that he'll turn it around because he's always been super aggressive, and it hasn't been just, like, a guaranteed strikeout his entire career for as much crap as people give him. But golly, it's – and he had a good game yesterday, right? And and he was swinging at bad balls and getting hits on balls way out of the strike zone. But nobody hit the spot low and away on a slider really yesterday on, on the balls that he put in play at least. And today it's it, it's just – it's unbelievable how much of a guarantee it is. It, it's, it's unbelievable. So definitely something to continue to keep an eye on, as I don't have to tell you because everyone will certainly keep an eye on it. Spencer Torkelson gets a walk in this one, still super passive, still had one at bat where there was just a fastball right down the middle, and then he chased out of the zone actually to get his one strike out of this game. Uh, he did get a walk. That was a really good at bat. Cause none of those pitches were even close to the strike zone. I mean, he, that was like the easiest walk ever, but, uh, just swing the bat, young fella, swing the bat. Cody Clemens gave a ball a ride. Uh, I, I, I don't think it was a Homer in any park or anything. I don't think it was that far, but I mean, a warning track shot there to, to right field, right center ish, more, more right field than right center. But uh, nice, nice, you know, nice at bat there did have a strikeout, just still searching for his first major league hit. I look, I, I don't think he's like longed for the big league. So I'm not going to get too riled up about his performances. Like I, I not long-term. I mean, he, he might be a-, a long-term utility, you know, player at the major league level, but for now, for this stretch, like the second Robbie Grossman is is, is healthy. Like Cody Clemens is, is, is gone. Um, or Victor Reyes, or Riley Green gets called up even. I mean, there's a, a plethora of dudes that are very close to returning to the Major League level that are sitting there in the Toledo lineup, and I think Cody's probably the first to go uh, when any of those dudes are ready. So I'm not going to get all worked up over, over his performances. I don't think he looks overpowered at the plate. I think it's just all about timing and uh, a couple of balls that he's hit hard that have just not found grass, so. Not a big deal, but uh did go over. And then Eric Haas with a hit in this one, two strikeouts, but did have that, that little flare hit thing at the end. Um, look, it's I, – I stand by what I said yesterday. I'm glad he got a hit. That was a slider low and in that he was able to turn on. Really, really good. That means he was seeing the ball decently well. Um, it, it, it's just – I still fear for uh, his his future on the team. Defensively behind the dish today was not a, a great performance by, by Eric Haas as a defensive catcher. It was not a, a, a miraculous performance. It was not that great. Really, really struggles with framing pitches, uh, or at least definitely did in this game. Um, did throw a runner out. That was great. I guess I'm more talking about receiving than I am just like all of catcher defense. Really, really struggled. I don't even know if struggle is the right word, because I don't know if he's ever really been like that, that good at it, but um just didn't didn't receive a great game in my eyes. Uh and and we'll see if we'll see how much that, you know, if his bat heats up, it doesn't matter because that's what he made the team for in the first place. Barnhart was going to be your good defensive catcher, your good receiving catcher. Haas was going to be your offensive catcher, and Haas has not hit. So be interesting to see uh, what he has going forward, and then the big, the big performance of the day offensively. Daz Cameron continues to look incredible. I tweeted this out, but going into this game, he had a almost 900 OPS. It was like 883, I want to say OPS going into yesterday's game, and now after going two for four with uh, a double and a triple. Uh, that that number has only gotten higher. So, in that sense, sorry, I didn't even give a starting point. He doesn't have an 883 OPS on the season, 883 OPS since May 31st. That is, I believe that was a doubleheader. So, since bef- first inning of game one of uh, uh, of May the May 31st doubleheader, he has had a uh, almost 900 OPS, and that only got better. Like I said, great performance today. He looks really good at the plate, and I think he's playing to to stick around I think I mean his OPS is up to 670 now on the year uh you know miraculously that's one of the better numbers ish on the team uh I I think he's he's playing to stick around I I think it'll probably you know when Riley comes back it won't I'm not I think it's still probably Cody but now with the Jamer injury maybe you want backup infield depth it gets really weird um but it's definitely Daz and Hill and honestly Victor Reyes all kind of Jockeying for for who's gonna get that uh, that last outsuit field spot when everyone's healthy again. So we'll see how it plays out. But for now, he's doing uh, he, he's doing he's doing very very well at the dish the last uh, little over a week. Okay, let's get to the pitching because this is where it gets fun. Got a got a lot of great pitching performances in this one. First though, I got to tell y'all about built bar caramel brownie. If you love a chewy chocolatey brownie or or a brownie with caramel and caramel swirled on top you can have that while also having 17 grams of protein the built bar caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now and you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite forget about dessert these are better than dessert plus the macros are unreal 130 calories 17 grams of protein only four grams of sugar I would replace a regular brownie with Built Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. They are absolutely fantastic. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, th- you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy with Built. They're, they're fantastic. And this is just a new flavor and a long line of incredible flavors that, that live up to that expectation. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars. But for now, let's just say that the Caramel Brownie will rock your world. And that is not an understatement. I love them to death. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We have an important favor to ask you as a network. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked on podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Okay, let's get to the pitching. Uh, let's do, who do we want to do first? I think I'm going to save Fayeto for the last. I think I'm going to, going to tease y'all a little bit and save him for the very last. The bullpen was phenomenal in this one. And that's super important because the bullpen has been phenomenal. And the fact that it is continuing to be phenomenal is just a beautiful sight. Andrew Chafin, he, he had a lead off walk, which is pretty out of character for him. And then after that, it was just lights out. And the craziest thing is he just kept throwing the same pitch. No one could hit his slider low. Like that's, that's all he did. That's all he threw. He was like, okay, if you guys are just going to keep hacking at it, I I guess I'll just keep throwing this slider that like bounces on home plate. And he did that for nearly six straight pitches uh, to, to two hitters struck out. Both of them got out of the inning. So, Lead off walk, a little out of character, definitely something that you don't want to do. It's like the cardinal sin of, of being a relief pitcher, but recovered very nicely still only a twelve pitch inning even though we had two strikeouts and a walk i mean that's that's pretty remarkable efficiency, given all of those events that that happened in there um yeah he he was lights out, six whiffs, five of them on the slider, like literally everyone just kept swinging and no one could hit it. It was the weirdest thing like uh, that I've seen in a while as like a team, you know, there's always a, a, a player has a scouting report. It was wild to see just like everybody that stepped to the plate that inning just was like, yeah, we're just going to keep doing this. It was kind of weird, but we'll take it. We'll gladly take it. So Chafin's ERA down to two five seven. Uh, Will Vest, he's back. The, the movement and the shape on his breaking balls are so fun. Like he's so just enjoyable to watch. I love that, man. One inning of perfect ball, one strikeout in there. Uh, The slider looked incredible. Fastball velocity was back up to where we're used to it being. The changeup velocity was even higher than like we're kind of used to it being. I mean, that was like 87. I think he was pushing 88 miles an hour on the changeup. He only threw it once, but damn good pitch. Uh, Four-seam fastball, we already talked about. The slider, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the pitch for him. Threw it five of his nine pitches uh, weak contact all around. I mean, yeah, he, he he was really good. The command I I think was noticeably really good. He lost his spot a couple of times on the slider and he missed high, which is always scary, but he missed so high that it actually like returned into kind of a decent pitch. I love when that happens. It's terrifying. And I, you know, you you shouldn't make a habit out of it, but it's kind of fun to watch. You're like, Oh, that's not good. Oh, just kidding. That actually is kind of cool. So that happened a couple of times with the slider, but all around, real I mean, really good performance from Will Vest. Michael Fulmer is absolutely back, right? Phenomenal. 17 pitch inning. Uh that slider, cutter, whatever the heck you want to call it. I don't care. It was almost up to 93 miles an hour. His sinker was like 97, which is way faster than we've seen like all year out of the sinker. Uh I mean, he he was he was jazzed up. He was riled up. Threw a few forcing fastballs as well, five to be exact. I mean, it, it was good morning, good afternoon, good night to a couple of those guys. Had two strikeouts in a perfect inning as well. Um, yeah, he, he was remarkable. The slider, command, cutter, whatever you want. I don't even know what to call it. The, 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 well, you can't combine those words. Goodness, I almost said that on air. Uh, the, the, like, I don't know. The other way kind of sounds weird too. Okay. The the slider slash cutter, we'll just call it. Um, that that was a uh, the the command early in the inning. He was pumping it right, like really good velocity. But earlier in the inning, kind of shaky. And then uh, and then as the the inning went on, just was dotting it at one point. And it pretty much is unhittable when he he has command on that pitch. So uh, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal work by uh, Michael Fulmer. And then Gregory Soto gives us a little bit of a uh, – gets us jazzed up a little bit. Everyone in the fan base always loves to freak out whenever Gregory Soto does literally anything that's not just a perfect one two three inning. I did not think that this was this bad of an inning. The walk, as we said with Andrew Chaffin, can't happen. You can't come into the uh, out of the pen and walk people. His walk numbers have been way down the last 11, 12 appearances, but that's certainly still something he needs to walk on. I'm not going to justify that. The hit was a well placed pitch that was a bloop single, like that got out of an, uh, an extending, jumping Jonathan Scopes glove. It happens. Uh, and then, honestly, I-, I didn't think anyone, including the people that got on base, were even close to hitting his heater. Vogelbach, did you see? Like, I- I- that one pissed me off. You can't walk him, he was stepping out of the box. When he was trying to swing at your 101 down the middle. It was 101 right down Broadway. He's not good against Gregory Soto because he's a lefty that throws gas. He was literally stepping away from home plate to take hacks. I truly think Gregory Soto could have just thrown three fastballs down the middle to Vogelbach. And and, and he wouldn't have even sniffed a, a, a hit. But... Gregory Soto does still have those things he's got to work on. And then, like I said, the hit that he did give up was, uh, you know, whatever, kind of a bad, bippy situation. Um, And like I said, any heater, any heater or sinker that he was throwing, uh, I mean, no one was even like, I I really thought it was a pretty uncompetitive inning, uh, sands the situation that he put himself in which was a walk if you eliminate the walk which is his own doing the actual competitiveness of the at-bats in a vacuum I thought were pretty uncompetitive so I I was still reasonably pleased with Gregory Soto's inning just gotta gotta can't walk people and that will always be something that that uh he's gonna have to you know until proven otherwise kind of thing with this fan base so um, that's the bullpen. Let's get into Alex Fido. I've, uh, I've, I've kept it off long enough. We'll end the show on Fido, uh, right after this. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment at locked on tigers. Alex Fito is the man. He was absolutely incredible. Again, uh, he's like a guaranteed, well, he literally has been a guaranteed five innings and two or less runs. He ties some like Jared Weaver record. It hasn't happened since 2006 where somebody has started off their career with however many consecutive five inning and, and two or, or lesser earned runs uh, performances. He, and this, this, this one was different. Like he's looked good all year and he's had a couple of really standout performances. This is one of those really standout performances. He was different. 17 whiffs in 5 innings. 7 strikeouts, 5 innings, 3 hits, warner and run, one walk. He was absolutely incredible. He was absolutely incredible and and the biggest thing with the, his best pitch is the slider. Nobody denies that. But the big thing with setting up that slider is fastball command and his fastball command was really good in this one. Outside of the solo homer, that at bat was honestly Kind of whack all around. Uh, I know that the the he threw the change up and it looked like it was breaking away. I don't even know how he turned on that ball and, and hit it that far. That that at bat was was weird. And I think the batter before that was a weird at bat. It was either the batter before that or the batter after that it was kind of a weird at bat where the I didn't think the the four scene was setting too much up. Outside of those like two at bats, I thought it was a masterclass on pitch sequencing, masterclass. And uh, Eric Haas does deserve some credit in there. I'm, I'm sure AJ had a hand in, and, and Fetter had a hand in calling some pitches too, but Eric Haas is the dude behind the plate. He he deserves some credit. I know I talked earlier about how his receiving, I, I didn't think was that great. The pitch sequencing all around by every coaching staff, battery, everybody was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And the slider in this one was Uh, I mean, damn near unhittable. It's funny you say, like, near unhittable. The slider, he threw 82 pitches, pitched five innings. He threw the slider 26 times. Guess how many times that ball was put in play? Everybody take a guess. That was a horrible guess, you idiot. Zero. Zero is the answer. (laughs) Just playing, obviously. Zero is the answer, though. Did not get put in play one single time fouled off just three times there were 17 foul balls in this game hit off alex vieto three of them were the sliders zero put in play phenomenal um the csw percentage that we love to talk about here i think it's a really great stat to see how many strikes somebody is throwing 46 percent on the 26 sliders thrown in this game that is redonkulous absolutely ridiculous Nine whiffs on the slider alone on 12 swings. That's 75% of the time that somebody swung at a slider. It was a swing and a miss. Just lethal. Just lethal. And it was set up by great four seam uh, fastball command. Was fighting people off inside. Really liked to go four seam inside. Then even change up low and inside. And then slider low and away. And even did some slider low and in action that I really like, and, and it's kind of dangerous because if you miss your spot, it can be taken for a ride, especially against lefties. But I, I, if you are confident in the pitch, I really like slider low and in, and it certainly worked today because he was, like I said, damn near unhittable. And so the thing with Fieedo now going forward is, when these dudes start getting healthy again, where does Fieedo fall? I don't think Alex Fido's is going anywhere. I think that's pretty safe to say at this point. I don't even think that's like a crazy hot take. I, I think Alex Fido is pretty much here to stay at this point. He's been unbelievable. He's been consistent. He has, uh, you know, he would obviously like to go further into ball games. I'm sure, right? He's guaranteed only going five so far to this cur- at this point in his career. So I, I know that he'd like to go deeper into games. Had 82 pitches through five, though. It makes sense to, to give him the hook. It's just once he, once he can find that balance that Scooble had to find of efficiency and being comfortable missing barrels instead of bats sometimes and still being able to get a whiff and a strikeout whenever you want, once, you, once he finds that balance, you, we have the potential for a, a, a damn good pitcher on our hands something that I don't think very many people at all had on their bingo card going into 2022. Couldn't be happier about it. That's a dog. Really, really good performance from Fido. Uh, Just his full line again, five innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, seven Ks, 82 pitches, 17 whiffs, 17 whiffs. Unbelievable. Uh, His ERA on the year is now sub three. He's the man. So I think Erod comes back. He's going to make a rehab start uh, today. As you're listening to this, I believe on Thursday Erod will make his rehab start for Toledo. Michael Pineda through a bullpen session. Um, that's you know a good sign that he's starting to throw again, but is not close to you know being in the majors next week or anything. Um, Tyler Alexander, he is going to come out of the bullpen, the uh, the arm barn as I like to call it for Toledo in uh, on Friday and Saturday. And then after that, he will almost certainly rejoin the team. Casey Mize shut down again, really not great news. Um, Hope nothing for the best, but the dude, they're going to do everything they can to make him not go under a knife. Um, But it's, it, that's really not great news. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see, uh, See see his development going forward. And then Matt Manning, I believe, is uh, is going to start throwing again here soon as well. I think he was just cleared to start throwing again just yesterday. So there's your injury update roundabout on the pitching. Uh, Robbie Grossman due back relatively soon. I, I think probably the second that, that he's um, able to be reinstated again. He'll be reinstated again. Had a home run in Toledo the other night. Akil Badu back playing for Toledo because we sent him down because he was struggling and then almost immediately got hurt. So he's healthy again. And uh, in Toledo the other night, uh, he had a a hit, a couple of stolen bases, a couple of walks, uh, had had an incredible game. And then the big one, Victor Reyes. (laughs) That was a half joke. Victor Reyes is playing again for Toledo as well. I think he's uh, doing some running programs as well, so he's due back soon. But the real big one, Riley Green, I I think it's soon. I really do think it's soon, like to the point where I'll be at Comerica Park this weekend because of what I think involving Riley Green. No guarantee. No guarantee. Certainly not. I'm not the one making the calls. I haven't heard anything from some like crazy source or anything, but from what I have heard, that's, that's my, uh, that, that's my opinion. I think we're real close. I think this homestand at least. Riley Green in the Detroit Tigers uniform. All right. That's all I got for you. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen Locked Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's all I got. Bingo, bango, baby. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Let's head back home. Oh, tomorrow, we're bringing back uh, Prospect Fridays. Last year, if you listened to uh, the show last year, every time we had an off day on a Thursday, Fridays would be Prospect Friday. Even I think some days I'd only do two-segment game recaps and then one-segment Prospect Fridays. We finally have an off day on a Thursday that I don't have – like a Cody Clemens interview in the bag to to push out on that day. So we finally have a true off day on a Thursday, which means prospect Friday will come back tomorrow. Super fun. A lot of fun prospects in this organization that have been doing really well this year. Can't wait to talk about it. I'll see you then. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.